The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast, sometimes more than daily. In instance, for, for instance, this case, uh, we got a bonus Monday, May 11th episode. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, and we are going to talk. This is gambling week. Gambling. Woo! We're going to talk some uh, NFL point spreads for week one. That's already in the feed. We're going to do division by division win totals uh, coming up tomorrow, NFC East and AFC East with RJ White. And we'll keep moving through those throughout the week. Um, and now as part of a special bonus app, we're going to talk to William Hill, director of trading Nick Bogdanovich about all things uh, related to sports book activity. Of course, things are a little different these days because of the Corona situation. Um, you can't really can't go in a casino anywhere yet. Um, and I don't believe. And, uh, and also, you know, you download, you download the William Hill mobile app and do it, uh, do your, do your, uh, gambling there. But, you know, it is, it's just a different, uh, different bit of an off season. But nevertheless, we find out what teams are getting some action and, uh, and, you know, who else is interesting from a sports book director standpoint? All right, joining us now, Nick Bogdanovich, director of trading at William Hill. Uh, can you, uh, Nick, for the, for the layman out, for the, uh, I don't know if it's a layman, maybe describe in layman's terms what director of trading means specifically as it results to your, your work in the sports book. Yeah, I guess that's a fancy title for a bookmaker. Uh, I'm a, you know, I, I assess all the risk and analyze customers. Uh, I'm also in charge of the media, so I do a lot of interviews, whether it be phone, print, telephone telephone so that's my basic roles for william hill cool cool um and i guess people you know like i i mean i think people understand the basic construct of what's going um on at the sports book but i am curious like how has this been i mean this seems like a notably sherlock question but like i mean obviously it's been different uh has it i mean how what what have been the real differences with the Corona situation going on aside from just no sports. I mean, what is this and this all season specifically to the NFL? Uh, maybe how, how different has it been for you guys trying to sort of drum up interest, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, obviously COVID has thrown everyone for a loop. We're no different. Uh, just trying to come up with different things for them to bet on. Uh, but as far as the NFL, I would say betting is down right now just because of the uncertainty factor. People don't want to tie their money up because they don't know there's going to be a season. So uh, there's a lot of people right now that have NBA over under bets and NHL over under bets and division bets, and they don't know where they're, where they stand because of this, uh, this animal. So they're not really rushing to the mobile app to, to bet NFL futures. So, and I can't blame them for that. So as soon as uh, we get some certainty and Goodell and them, you know, put out a concrete schedule. I, I do expect betting to pick up big then. Uh, hi, hypothetically speaking for, I don't know, somebody who has the suns over, uh, what do you, what do you think the plan, the general plan will be for these NBA, uh, these NBA futures? Let's say, I mean, 
if they finish out a full season, obviously you, you know, you just, you play it out. Right. But what happens if they say, all right, the season's done. We're firing back up at Christmas. Yeah. That there's a lot of people right now with a winning ticket that may play real unlucky. And there's a lot of people with some losing tickets right now that might play real lucky. So they're definitely monitoring that situation. So, you know, it looks like I pray they finish the regular season. Uh, but I, 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 if I'm a betting man, I'd say no. And then all those uh, over under, you know, over under betting tickets would be a refund. All right. So, and that probably plays into some of what the, you know, the NFL decision making too here is like, well, like I don't want to go and drop, you know, let's say you love the Cardinals over like I do. You know, you don't want to go and tie up, you know, seven, 650 bucks or whatever it is with the, with the juice on the over. Uh, wouldn't, if there's only a 14 game NFL season, which we don't really know what there's going to be quite yet, that, it would probably ultimately end up being canceled. You're better, you're better off going and putting in a mutual fund, right? Yeah, a lot of people have that uh, mindset for sure. I do think we'll see an NFL season. Obviously, the, the uh, basketball and hockey came in the middle, so they had no say about it. Uh, whether they start on time uh, in the NFL is another story. I do think they'll play all 16 games, whether it starts in mm. September or October. Uh, but I, I just believe that once they, they know and say this is what we're going to do, and then that'll, that'll unleash them, and then they'll they'll start making wagers pretty strong. Okay, fair enough. And look, hey, I think people will like to hear your confidence in that 16 game season. I I would agree with you too. I think the way that they built that trap door in during the early part of the schedule is such that uh, if they need to, they'll just bump it back to late September, and you roll forward there, and you finish it up in late February. The NFL likes money. They got a bunch of rich dudes who like money. They got a bunch of partnerships. They got TV deals coming up. They want to get paid. Um, you guys. Uh, we're really proactive this year, I think more so than even in the past about getting win totals out early, uh, doing that without the schedule even released. How, how tough is that, uh, to, to get those out there and how, you know, how confident do you feel in them? How, you know, how aggressively do you want to move them once you see the schedule? How, how does that play into it? Because it does matter being a market setter for, for sports books these days, right? Yeah, no question. We did, we put them out way, way earlier just for some content. Uh, so the number was harder to make, but on the flip side, it was just as hard for the better to make make the evaluation as well. And then we also had the fact that people didn't want to tie their money up. So it wasn't like they were storming down the windows to, to bet into some soft numbers. But we knew who they were going to play. We just didn't know when and where. So uh, it made it a little more difficult. But like I said, with the other factors, it really helped us out. On a normal year, and, and again, like, I mean, you know, we'll hopefully we'll be able to revisit this with, uh, without the extenuating circumstances, maybe next offseason. But I'm curious, like, you know, when you get those, the schedule comes out and the win totals are out, how, how quickly are you looking to move those numbers based on whether, you know, whether it's heavy public action or heavily sharp action? Or are you trying to say, like, you want to stay true to your number? I know, like, a good example, maybe last year, I think the bills opened up at like, not necessarily with you guys, just as a general market uh, discussion at, at like the over under was six or five and a half or six. And it quickly got up to almost like seven or seven and a half. And it was just ju- kept being juiced up and juiced up. Um, how aggressive do you guys want to be in, in moving those markets? Yeah, we'll be, we'll be fast. Anytime you put a, a market up early with a lot of unknowns, if we get some uh, professional money, we'll move it super fast. Uh, you know, that's just the way it is every year. And then, and then obviously you base it on information and money after that. But yeah, we'll definitely be, uh, move it aggressive early. Have you, uh, have you gotten any heavy profession? I know you said most people are staying away, but I'm just curious if you had any guys who, who saw or any, any bets that stood out to you on specific win totals once that schedule came out. 
Now we're taking a couple of dimes to it, but we've had some movement. I mean, uh, they like Arizona over. You mentioned that earlier. I think we opened six and a half over 40. We're up, we're up to over like seven over 30. And oh, wow. Carolina Panthers, uh, they're betting, uh, they're betting that one, uh, they're, they're betting that one over five and a half, uh, I think under a quarter to five and a half over. Uh, yeah, they're, I mean, they're betting it. I mean, Tampa Bay, I guess is a big move. We opened nine over 30. We're up to nine and a half over 30. So anything Tampa Bay over is going to be hot. I mean, we're going to be fading Tampa Bay all year if they get off to a halfway decent start, which I think they will. Uh, so we'll be rooting against Brady again, just in a different uniform. Yeah, I, I was going to say. I mean, it's the same story, right? Different team when it comes to Tom Brady and 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 not being a fan of the books. What what about the Patriots? Uh, conversely, you know, Brady leaves. Are there people looking to fade the Patriots? I would. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm sort of bullish on them relative to I think the general opinion or the general consensus. But it sure, seems like a lot of people want want to like expect the Patriots to tank or fade this year. Well, we actually got the Bills the lowest price in the division, which is probably the first time in about 15 years. So uh, people were definitely down on New England, uh, but I wouldn't sell them too short. Uh, they still got the best coach in the NFL. They still got a good defense. They still got the best special team. So if Stidham can give them anything whatsoever, they're still in probably the weakest division. I mean, we're talking about Jets and Miami. Buffalo is obviously pretty good. So, uh, I wouldn't sell Belichick so short. If they get any kind of quarterback play, I think they'll be right there. Mm, indeed. Uh, you guys had an interesting thing that you dropped out there and, uh, you know, it, it was a, a strength of schedule and it was based on not, you know, like a lot of times we see strengths of schedule. It's like, ah, here's who they, you know, their opponent's record from the year before, which doesn't mean, I mean, jack crap like it like congratulations on going 10 and 6 last year doesn't mean anything what matters is your win total moving forward and you guys uh you guys did the uh the win like the, like for instance the atlanta falcons the combined opponent win totals uh, at william hill is 138 meaning they have the hardest strength of, they have the the highest number of wins expected from their opponents uh, is that something you guys have used frequently in the past or consistently in the past and just maybe now sort of uh, putting it on the public front there, or is it a new, a new different way to determine strength of schedule? Just kind of curious about the process there. Yeah, I mean, you could do it either way. Uh, but I think what you alluded to earlier is, is, is more correct than anything. Strength of schedule is very tricky. Obviously, it's based on what happened last year, not what's going to happen this year. So about halfway through the schedule, you may have thought you had an easy one, and then all of a sudden you're looking up and it's really hard. And on the flip side, so you know you got to. It's just one more factor to look at, but you definitely you got to be very wary of that. Um, and for those curious, the Indianapolis Colts, my guy Philly Rivers, have uh, the easiest schedule by win totals. Tennessee Titans next, Browns, and then the Ravens, um, the Falcons, Giants, Panthers, Broncos, and Jets slash Raiders have the hardest schedules according to William Hill. Uh, win totals. Uh, we, you guys put up week one odds quick. I mean, like, I think 15, 20 minutes after the schedule drops, right? Uh, how much early action do you get on those week one lines? I know, again, you know, it's a different off season than it normally would be. People don't want to tie their money up quite as much, but, um, a lot of those lines, people look at them and say, wow, I'm surprised it's there. I'm going to jump on it now, right? Very little movement so far. Uh, you mentioned the Colts earlier with the easiest strength of schedule. Uh, they're our biggest liability for AFC futures. We open them like uh, 40, they're down to 20. And uh, right now we lose a pretty big number if the Colts win the AFC. So if Rivers uh, finds himself in a pretty good position, uh, I still think they got some nice pieces and, and their defense looks pretty good. And I love Frank Reich. So yeah, keep an eye out for the Colts with their schedule. Uh, but yeah, but as far as week one, I, I think it boils back to the same theme. 
people not looking to tie their money up right now in uncertain times because they don't know if that week one's going to be September 9th or October 9th, uh, as Peter King just dropped a, a tweet saying they might be looking at October for the start of the season. No, oh, good Lord. Just now? That's not, not, what, yeah. we, not, not what we needed to hear. Um, no. That's fine though. Uh, you know, week one is week one. So as long as it, as long as it, uh, as long as it, you know, hopefully gets going, that would be, uh, that would be, that would be good no matter what. Um, and yeah, he had, he spoke to Dr. Fauci for his football morning in America column on Monday and certainly not optimistic news. If you're a, uh, if you're a fan of football, um, you know, what about you mentioned the Colts and the AFC? Is there anybody else that you guys have liability on from an MVP standpoint or an award standpoint? Uh, or even, you know, future team standpoint outside of maybe Indy and Tampa Bay? You know, the MVP voting has been interesting as of late. It's it's something we've only been able to book for the last couple of years. And uh, like I think a couple of long shots have come in. But Tom Brady's drawn some early love in the MVP voting, believe it or not. And that's rare for a 42-year-old. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, but he, he's at like 20 to 1. And Kyler Murray's at 20 to 1. Uh the two favorites, obviously, are the two best players in the game, Mahomes and Jackson. So we'll see if they can put back to, back to incredible seasons. But, yeah, I, if I'm voting for something like that, look for a long shot who has a decent uh, week one or week two and, and, and try to catch the bookmakers with their pants down and, and, and try to get an 80-to-one shot. Mm, yeah, well, because like both Lamar and Mahomes, at least when they opened up, were like 60 or 70-to-one. And then eventually by the time the season started down to like, you know, in the twenties or thirties, the range there, I felt like Kyler might, might have been that guy, but he, it seems like everybody's a little wary of those longer shots and, and he got quickly adjusted down to 25 to one or 20. To one. Yeah. He's down to 20 to one. And they, they added, uh, uh, arguably the best receiver in football, DeAndre Hopkins, his second year in the league, he figures to be a little more at ease. And, and I thought he looked pretty good at the end. So yeah, I, I could see where. He's, he's definitely live. Um, you, you mentioned the Bucks and the Patriots. Uh, has you got any action on that Bucks uh, minus a half a win versus the Pats? Uh, people, I just wonder if people just wanted some sort of Schadenfreude, uh, Belichick versus Brady bet going on. Uh, just a little bit. Uh, a lot of, you know, we took an early bet and we moved it fast. But again, uh, it, the same old theme. They're going to be betting on Tampa and against New England. So it's not a shock that, that the, the money moved that way. Uh, do you anticipate maybe smart money, sharp money coming in on the Saints as a reverse play against the Buccaneers? Or do you think it's just going to be a Tampa tidal wave? You know, I think it'll be a good two-way action game. First of all, New Orleans is still really, really good, arguably as good a team as they've been in the last three or four years. They've had a lot of heartbreak. But they're, they they're at home where they're a monster, and they know that they have to take care of that division game early. Uh, big, big question is, will there be fans? I mean, 60,000 crazy Saints fans in there. Tampa catches a big break if there's no fans in there. So, uh, but that's a huge game for, to, 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 you know, decide the NFC South for sure. But, you know, we got, uh, Saints four and a half. I made it like six. I could see it a little higher, but just knowing that there'll be Tampa money out there, we opened a little lower. Oh, wow. I, uh, one more for you then. Uh, you mentioned the fans. If, um, what did you, I mean, I think it's a tough, it's an impossible thing to do because you, you know, if you, if there are no fans in there, that's, I mean, you're taking away three points minimum of home field advantage, probably. What, how did you guys build that? Do you just build regular lines? You're like, all right, we'll just adjust if there aren't fans. Exactly. Uh, sort of, I wouldn't say stuck in the middle, but sort of a little less than normal home fan, uh, home value. 
Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, we're like waiting for everyone else. Will there, will there, or will there not be fans in this seats uh, week one? And if I was a betting man, I'd have to bet no. Yeah, I'm with you. Like I think I we were sort of talking about it on the podcast last week. If um, I'm trying to think what the example there was somebody who's a like a ten point dog or something or like you know I mean like if you if you got a team if you got a team at home that's you know, like favored by three or four and you like the, you like the road team coming in as a better team. I mean, take them and take them on the money line because there just might not be that home field advantage and it might eventually close as a pickup or something. No question. The very first game you're talking about is Kansas City and Houston. Exactly. Kansas City is a 10 and a half point favorite and Kansas City is one of the biggest home field advantages in all football. It's like four and a half, five points. The crowd's insane there. So, I mean, if there's no crowds and they're just playing in, in an empty stadium, that game's probably going to be like eight. Yep. And, so, and, you know, the other one I was thinking of, too, was uh, Minnesota-Green Bay, where Minnesota has that tremendous home field advantage. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite, but if you plop them out on a cornfield in Iowa, it's probably a pick and maybe the Packers are favored by one because of the public sentiment. Yeah, I mean, there's some sports, obviously, like uh, NASCAR and golf that you can get away with no fans. But, boy, it'll be it'll be hard watching a football game with no fans. No doubt about it. All right, Nick Bogdanovich, uh, Director of Trading at William Hill. Thank you so much for taking the time, man. Uh, look forward to uh, getting closer to football. Hopefully it starts on time, and hopefully we uh, will get people flooding the uh, the old app and back to the, uh, the brick and mortars to, to put some bets down on football. Sounds good to me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.